you are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On. It is crossover Thursday here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Chris Carter from Locked On Steelers, and I'm here with Landon McCool of Locked On Cowboys. And we're getting you ready for the Steelers at the Cowboys 425 Eastern Time this weekend. Landon, how you doing, my man? Oh, I'm doing about as well as you can expect for uh, Cowboys fans right about now, which is not great. Not great. You know, we've had a a rough year, much like a lot of people across the board. And uh, uh, the Cowboys injury and and win-loss situation is – is, uh, is not escaped from the 2020 bad luck, uh, much unlike uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I'm doing fine, but as a Cowboys fan, uh, I am bleeding internally. Uh, it is a rough year for Cowboys. And I, I got to say, you know, in the pregame, in, a, in the preseason, I, I, I had such high expectations, expectations mm. myself for the Cowboys. I thought this was going to be, you know, a game of the year type of setup with the way that both teams were shaping up this year. Um, and unfortunately, the Cowboys have just suffered injury after injury, and just things haven't worked out that way. Um, but on crossover Thursday, as always, the two of us are going to you know share questions with each other, buddy, to the teams. I'm leading the way first here, so we're getting questions, Landon, and I gotta do this first for all the local Pittsburghers. Why y'all <laughs> giving up on Ben DiNucci, man? <laughs> but, um, but in all seriousness, Ben DiNucci. Uh, a, a big name here around around Western Pennsylvania. He played at mm-hmm. Pine Richland High School. He set the Whippeal record for that he's thrown for the most yards in uh, Western Pennsylvania high school history in a single season with over 4,000 in one year. Um, so everyone was really hoping that he would do well for the Cowboys. Obviously, it didn't really happen against the Eagles. But now it's reported after Jerry Jones kind of made a comment about him on his, on his show. And then uh, it was reported that you guys are looking at Garrett Gilbert and Cooper Rush to start this upcoming week. What's the outlook on Danucci and just the quarterback situation in general for Dallas? Well, I think we should be fair to Danucci up front. And I think that this is really the problem is that I think a lot of Cowboys nation, you know, when they found out that Danucci was, uh, was going to be the starter, they kind of dug through his social media. They, they kind of bought into the hype. They love the swag this kid has. And, and I did too. I thought all that was great. I think that, a lot of people didn't recognize the kind of impossible situation that he was being thrown into. I mean, this was a situation where, you know, we feel really good about Dak Prescott and how Dak Prescott is a quarterback. Even Dak Prescott, when he was in there, uh, was, 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 you know, producing eight and eight at best type uh, of quality with the offense because of the offensive line injuries and because of a variety of other different things. So for a kid who, you know, not only didn't get any preseason games or regular season snaps before that, uh, didn't get any preseason, didn't get any training camp, didn't get any OTAs. Uh, I, I would honestly, I would, I, I wish there was a way to kind of go back and check, but I would like to know the number of times a uh, seventh round or, or later rookie started an NFL game without even a single preseason rep or single, you know, training camp rep. Uh, I think that it would it would probably be a pretty short list. So he got thrown to the wolves, to say the least. 
Uh, so I, I, I have hope for him in the future. And I like, I like the way the kid plays. I, I like the way he moves. I, I think there is something to him a little bit. I just think he was put in an impossible situation. Um, but speaking of impossible situations, let's talk about who's going to be playing quarterback next for the Cowboys. I, I think, you know, it, Cooper Rush is a guy who – under the previous administration was the backup and third string quarterback at different points. So he has some familiarity with what Kellen Moore likes to do. So I think that there's an outside chance that he could be the guy. Garrett Gilbert is a guy who, you know, was a university of Texas product who kind of ended up transferring to SMU. Uh, so he, so I think you know, Texas, he's a Texas high school legend. So I think people in, in Dallas know him, um, you know, bounced around a little bit in the league, had a, actually a pretty impressive uh, AAF uh, career. While it, while that league lasted, uh, but I mean, again, I think we all kind of have to go back to what the situation is. Despite the Cowboys having a, a, a wide receiver trio, that's I mean, I think at this point, uh, I'm hoping just to say as on par as Pittsburgh Steelers because the, the Steelers is so impressive. Uh, I, I think despite having that, they certainly don't have the offensive line consistency and and any of the protection that that the Steelers do. So uh, the Cowboys are you know now down to their. Uh, OT four and five or OT I think it's three and five now uh, and you know and on top of that you know losing other players along the way as well they've been through a lot of different combinations and, and it's been ugly so it could be Garrett Gilbert it could be uh, Cooper Rush maybe been maybe this whole thing has been a big trick you know for Ben DiNucci to come uh, you know pounce out on that field like a surprise hero I don't think so but I do think that no matter who's out there uh, they're likely to be running for their lives. Uh, I mean, that Steelers pass rush is pretty crazy. We'll get to that in the second segment. But we do got to talk about the weapons that are still on the Cowboys offense because even with the questions at quarterback, you still got Ezekiel Elliott. You still got Amari Cooper. You still got CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup. But obviously, they haven't been able to get started when a quarterback's out. And the Steelers know all about that. They went through that last year with Mason Rudolph and then eventually mm-hmm. Devlin Hodges. Um, but – uh, you know, this is the Cowboys are in are in that situation now where they're looking to their fourth and fifth string quarterbacks to see what can they pull out of them to just let the offense at least have a chance to spring some big plays against one of the NFL's top defenses. Where do you think that the the, the Cowboys are gonna ha- are gonna be able to find anything out of? Because Ezekiel Elliott right now in Pittsburgh, I'm telling you right now, everybody is saying number one goal take him out of the game force whoever the quarterback is to make big throws on your secondary yeah I mean I think the basically what I've been prescribing for a a while is the Cowboys need to do whatever they can because at this point it's you know I, I it's it's the very much the opposite of pick your poison it's it's what is going to possibly work in this game and and I think you know the Cowboys are you know I guess lucky in the sense that they do have talent at, at you know at all the skill positions around the quarterback. So if you can find a way to to create an advantage in the run game against one team, then yeah, it's nice to have Ezekiel Elliott. If you can find dis you know uh, mismatches uh, on the outside with uh, Gallup and Cooper and Lamb, then yeah, it's great to have those guys. But I think it it, it all starts with how well are they going to be able to block up front, and I, I think that that's really, you know, why the Cowboys want to try to run the football. And I think that that's frustrated a lot of Cowboys fans is they want to see, you know, look, Hey, why not throw the ball all over the yard? Why not see what these guys can do through the air? We've got these wide receivers. I think the problem with that is that when you try to throw the ball 
all over the yard, you're exposing these young offensive tackles. Uh, well, Irving's not young, but <laughs> you're exposing your bad offensive tackles uh, to, to, to pass rush, to blitz, to whatever it is. Uh, and any of these, you know, down the field developing plays that, you know, especially someone like Gallup is, is known for, uh, you know, they, they take time to develop. And unless you're using, you know, seven man protections, unless you're really keeping guys into block, and that's also obviously going to limit your the number of wide receivers you deploy, I think that, that they're not going to get the opportunity to have a lot of looks down the field. So relying on the running game or, or at least hoping that the running game can produce steady chunks is probably what the Cowboys – need to do just in order to protect whoever is playing quarterback. But again, like things are so disjointed for the Cowboys right now uh, that they just need to find something that's going to work if they can against this uh, Pittsburgh defense. I don't, I don't know where they're, but they need to find something that can work and then try to stick to it because otherwise uh, I just don't, I, I, I have very little, I have very big doubts whether that they're going to be able to find multiple paths uh, of success against a defense like this. And last thing here, Landon, got to talk about the defense of the Cowboys. Another rough year for a group um, that, you know, originally there were moves made to add to this group. Uh, you know, you, you brought in Gerald McCoy, Everson Griffin. Um, you've had some additions that have really worked like Alden Smith. Um, but ultimately, there's still a lot of questions to be had about this defense and, you know, Byron Jones going to the Dolphins over the offseason didn't help. But you still got players like Leighton Vander Esch, DeMarcus, DeMarcus Lawrence, um, who, you know, people really like to watch. Where do you think are the most troubling pieces, where the, the places where if you're with the Cowboys, you're saying like, hey, we can, we can you know, make, have, have some game-changing moments on defense here with this player with this concept because you look at the Cowboys stats and it's rough they're, they're giving up yeah. the highest rate of points uh per you know per per, per game uh you know in the NFL uh they're giving up the most rushing attempts and the most rushing yards in the game in the NFL um it, it just seems like there's a lot of question marks on this defense yeah uh I, I mean I think you're being extremely kind um I, I would say that the the defensive tackle situation is to the point where uh, the Cowboys are barely rostering NFL level talent at the position. That bad. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think, I think the issue is not just injury, but it's also a, uh, uh, a bad match for the type of defense that, that we're trying to move to. I mean, this is, this is some, this is a, a defense that has spent the last decade basically in the kind of Tampa two, Tampa three, or the, the cover three, cover one, you know, formerly Tampa two, two defense, the one gapping defense, the, the attack defense. And now they're kind of being hybridized. You're seeing a little bit more two gapping inside. And, you know, that in itself is a difficult transition with a, uh, uh, a roster full of defensive tackles who weren't necessarily, uh, you know, adepts to do that sort of thing anyways. But then on top of that, you add the injuries that they've had at the position. They've lost their top two, their top two defensive tackles. Uh, one of which, you know, the, the one that they, Gerald McCoy, they paid a lot of money for uh, up front before the season even started. Uh, they had some success with the young guy uh, uh, in Hill, uh, but he got hurt uh, very early on. And now what you've got left is, uh, a guy in Antoine Woods, who I think you know has is is probably a decent rotational three nose tackle, 
you know, your third, your, your backup nose tackle maybe, uh, but he's starting and he's probably your best defensive tackle. And then they've got Tyrone Crawford, who is a guy that you may want to play inside and outside in a one gapping scheme, but in a two gapping scheme, he is getting washed on almost every run play. Uh, and, and he's just coming off of dual hip surgeries from last year. Jeez. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's ugly. And, and, you know, they, they, they've called, they traded uh, for a, a new guy from the, from the Texans. I, I, I've actually haven't even got his name yet uh, that they've just traded a seventh round pick just to try to get him uh, another person. They cut um, uh, Poe just recently, I guess last mm-hmm. week because not having him on the team was better than having him on the team. That, uh, and and, and it, I mean, it was to the point, look how bad our defensive tackle roster is currently. Yeah. And they still cut Poe. <laughs> That's how bad Poe was. So wow. yeah, it's, it's, it's been a terrible, con- uh, uh, you know, confluence of 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 scheme change injury uh and i think that there's been some problems with buy-in at this point because uh, you know look changing defensive schemes in an offseason like this uh was was extremely difficult i think that these guys are having a hard time buying into the new scheme i think a lot of it's because they're getting their butts kicked uh and so I, i i think that a lot of that has spilled for uh a lot of uh, people on skates on the in, uh, defensive interior uh, getting pushed back into the linebacker. So, you know, if I'm, if, if I'm Pittsburgh, I, I mean, they've got weapons, they got ways to win all over the field. If you're looking for easy victory, uh, I mean, honestly, no team that has run the football against the Cowboys has stopped because it's not working. It's, you know, it's usually for another reason, whether it was because Dak was on the field and able to score points and forcing teams to throw the football, though even that wasn't happening a lot. Uh, but no, the Cowboys have not really shut down any rushing attack in any way uh, that they face. So I would not be surprised if, if, if Pittsburgh wanted to just have an, have a, an easy day, they, I would force Dallas to stop the run. Okay, I, I got one more question. Please. What is the feeling early on with Cowboys fans about Mike McCarthy because he's another Pittsburgh native. Um, he's a guy who beat the Steelers in the Super Bowl years ago with the, with the Green Bay Packers, but obviously didn't work out for him and not, him uh, eventually there. And uh, now he's having a rough start with the Cowboys. And, and there were rumors, I don't know how true they are, but there were rumors that the players weren't feeling this coaching staff, you know, midseason when things were going awry. Uh, what's the state of Mike McCarthy in just his first season with the team? Well, it's not great. I mean, I, I mean, it's hard to hard to argue against that. But I will say that I feel like a lot of the p- coaching pushback was more on the defensive side of okay. the football. Um, you know, I think that you know, I, and I think Cowboys fans are all over the place uh, per usual. I think that there are certain fans that that think he's got to go. This is too terrible. Uh, you know, and then there's people that like me honestly that that view this whole season as a wash it's just you know it's it's hard not to it's hard to view this as an evaluation season just because of how crazy and different things were and then trying to make a change uh, you know schematic and head coaching change uh in the middle of all this it's hard to it's hard to get a good evaluation on whether he did a good job or not because i don't know that there's been uh precedent for this kind of thing uh, you know, outside of other other teams in the league, but I think every situation is different. So, I I certainly don't uh, I don't love what we've seen from McCarthy so far, but I'm I'm also not throwing the baby out with the bathwater quite yet. 
I would just I would just say in there. Um, thank you very much, Landon, for those questions. We're going to take a quick break here. When we come back, he'll be asking me questions about the Pittsburgh Steelers. Before that, we got to tell you about our great friends and our sponsors at BuiltGo. Just wanted to tell you about our friends at BuiltGo. BuiltGo is the healthier replacement for your energy drink, but the energy is not fake. It's lasting and natural. Whether it's a mental or physical wall, break through it with Go every day. It's easy to take in at 1.5 ounce packages, put it in your briefcase or put it in your golf bag. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. It's five hour energy without the same crash feeling. Plus, it's natural, so it's better for the body. It's like drinking a monster energy drink with a third of the caffeine and better results. They have three delicious flavors, including peanut butter honey, my favorite, chocolate coconut, or chocolate mint. Uh, visit BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off your order. All right, we are back with Locked On Cowboys and the Locked On Steelers podcast crossover. We have Christopher Carter from Locked On Steelers. And first off, uh, we're going to ask some questions to see exactly what we're in store for besides, I hope, not too much pain. But goodness gracious, this seems like a very lopsided matchup, Chris, when we look across the the field from who we're facing this week. Um, I guess let's start with the offense you know, go, coming into the season, and you kind of mentioned it in our in our previous segment. You had faced a very similar season to what the Cowboys had faced last year, and 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 dealing with a Roethlisberger injury, and then kind of a a host of of who's who at quarterback, uh, just like you know, frankly, the Cowboys are doing. How you know how concerned were you with with Roethlisberger and what what his performance was going to be like coming into the season and and how excited are you with what you've gotten so far and 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 what do you think at this point do you feel better about Roethlisberger uh beyond this year than you did coming into the season too so i'll say this i i was very different from what a lot of national people felt like when i did the AFC North crossover shows uh, you know, during the during like the divisional crossover shows during the off season, you know, the other guys told me, yeah, "Why are you expecting anything from Ben? His elbows ripped up. He's 38. Like, who cares?" Um, but there was a lot of misinformation about, out there. But first, people thought it was his shoulder, but it was truly his elbow. And when you look at the history of elbow surgeries with the quarterbacks, even older ones, they recover from it. They are able to play and and really still be effective in the NFL. The biggest thing for me that was a good sign for Ben and that has come to fruition was what I was hearing from him during the offseason he was saying you know his whole life he's been a player he hasn't he's never been a backup you know from high school to college and then I mean his rookie season Tommy Maddox went down they threw him in there and then he was the he's been the starter for the Steelers every single year since and last year was really the, the first time where he sat out for more than four or three or four games and had to watch from the sideline and help coordinate things on the offense and help point things out for a long period of time. And he said that gave him time to reflect on who he is, what he needs to do, and how he can do things better as a quarterback and as a leader for his team. Because for years, Ben Roethlisberger was the gunslinger. He looked for his top targets. He forced the ball to him. And when he made the amazing throw, it was, it was just so beautiful and powerful and perfect. And he was tough and he was the man. But plenty <laughs> of times that would lead to problems when you played teams mm-hmm. like the Patriots who would prey on you looking for your top target. But you're not seeing that this year. It seems like it's really sunk in that he needs to, hey, don't just try to rely on your strengths. Look at what the opposing the opposing defenses like to do. 
strike at those weaknesses. And you see that with how the Steelers have looked numbers-wise this year. When you look at their stats this season, you see Ben Roethlisberger. And I said before the season, he doesn't need to throw for 5,000 yards like he did in 2018. He just needs the efficiency. And right now, you're seeing that efficiency. Right now, Ben Roethlisberger, 15 touchdowns, four interceptions. That's a great pace for him for him right now. And if this if he stays on that pace, the Steelers will be more than happy because then he'll finish uh, you know, around more than 30 touchdowns and maybe eight interceptions on the year. And then again, if you look at how he's getting the ball around, no receiver right now for the Steelers has more than 400 yards because Chase Claypool's leading with 375, but right behind him, Juju Smith-Schuster with 346. Right behind him, the tight end, Eric Ebron. Behind him, Deontay Johnson with 233. All these guys are within 130-ish yards of each other. Um, and he's, it's because he's spreading the ball around. And he's doing so every game. Almost every game, they've had a new guy leading and receiving. And that's because Ben Roethlisberger is seeing the field much better than he has before. And that's what's, what's, what's been most impressive about his season so far. He, he's being the leader that I think that he's needed to be for this team for years. And I think that whatever he went through in this offseason, he even talked about how he got closer to Jesus and all this other type of things that he went through. This is having an impact on the team because now it's not Antonio Brown with, you know, 1,800 yards and the next guy with 900. It's a consistent and steady spreading out of the ball. And every week, you know, originally people were double-teaming Juju Smith-Schuster. Then they were double-teaming Deontay Johnson. Then the last couple of games, they were de- doubling Chase Claypool. So then he's, he just, okay, whoever you take away, I go to another guy. And, and that's really what's been most exciting about Ben Roethlisberger this season. You mentioned it just a little earlier, and I, I did want to circle back on it. You know, Pittsburgh has a very, very well-earned reputation for being, you know, the best in the league at – uh, developing wide receivers, drafting and developing wide receivers. Uh, I, you know, I, I had big thoughts that eventually James Washington was going to break out in this offense. And, and I have no doubts that eventually if he were to go somewhere else, like sometimes these Steeler wide receivers do, uh, he probably would be a, a, you know, a, a huge breakout star. Uh, but I think the reason that he didn't necessarily break out as much this year is because of the incredible performance so far by Chase Claypool. Uh, as, as someone who is, is studying uh, uh, wide receivers you know, in the draft, not knowing that CeeDee Lamb was eventually going to fall to us, I was looking you know, certainly in this range of, of, of wide receiver, and I always thought that he was an incredible uh, specimen, but I wasn't sure that he would be able to step right in and kind of play the way he did. How much of a surprise was Chase Claypool to you and to Steelers fans? And, and, and at this point, uh, is he on his way to ascending to being the top receiving target on this, on this team? He certainly made an argument for that, man. I'm telling you right now, Chase Claypool, the first day of training camp, Joe Hayden tweets out, that man's going to be a problem. (laughs) And it's beyond just his physical specimen and just his abilities. He has learned how to play within this offense without, like you said, with with Danucci, he didn't get a preseason. He didn't Mm -hmm. get a chance to warm up to the position. He had a training camp, you know, and a different kind of training camp that really didn't give them as much time to, to learn the system, but they have him lining up in the slot, the flanker, the split end, the X. They're moving him all around the, 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 the offense, and he says he, he's cool with it. He understands it. And I think part of it, again, is Ben's leadership right now. For example, you talked about James Washington. 
when James Washington was a rookie, what, three years ago in 2017-ish, or I think that's when he was drafted, um, he talked about how Ben Roethlisberger, as a, you know, he, he was nervous working around Ben Roethlisberger. Excuse me, it was 2018. Um, but he talked about how he was nervous around Ben Roethlisberger because he just had this air about him and they didn't talk much. And really, you didn't see James Washington really make a play in, uh, in, as a rookie until his last game or two. Um, and then the next year, 2019, he said Ben Roethlisberger came into that training camp with a much different attitude, and it helped both of them build a rapport. But then, of course, Ben went down, and James Washington actually ended up leading the Steelers in receivings last year uh, because, well, he was buddies and roommates with Mason Rudolph because um, they both played at Oklahoma State together. Mm-hmm. But now um, James Washington, you know, he's kind of been pushed to, to the back a little bit because the Steelers – and they've, they've done this for the past four straight years – they have drafted a receiver even either in the second round or very very early in the third. You had Juju in 2017 in the second round. You had Deont- you had James Washington in 2018 in the second round. You had Deontay Johnson in 2019 very early in the third round. And now you just had Chase Claypool in the second round, which was their first pick of the draft because they traded their first pick away to get Minka Fitzpatrick last year. And they've built this steady receiving core and still watch out for Ray Ray McLeod, who they like to get the ball to as a fifth option. And they, they like it. And Chase Claypool's emerged to be a big play type of receiver, but not just a guy that says like, you know, like you talked about receivers that have gone elsewhere and done well, uh, Mike Wallace, he used to just be, Hey, hit the slant and hit the go and we'll throw you the ball and you better make a play. Um, and he, and he did that very well with Ben Roethlisberger for years, but Chase Claypool's doing more. He's running different routes. They're running the jet sweep to him. They're figuring out he's, he's become a very good blocker for the team. Um, it, it's, it's really remarkable to see how this Steelers receivers group, um, that's really, they've gone through, uh, you know, adversity last year at during training camp landed, their receiver coach died. Daryl. Yeah. yeah. He, he died, and, and he went to the hospital. He said he felt fine. He went back to training camp. They found him in his room and, and, and pa- passed away. And it crushed this receiving core. And, and, that, and that was on top of – that was all before Ben got hurt. And then Juju you yeah. know, got, got some rough hits, and Deontay got some rough hits. This is a really resilient bunch, and they're a tough group. And, and I, I, I don't know if Chase is going to be the number one right now, but he is projecting to be the guy that they are going to look to to be a number one probably in the, in the next few years. Because Deontay Johnson's a guy who, honestly, yeah. everyone's excited. He's very much like Santonio Holmes, the Antonio Brown. He gets great separation, and he's dangerous with the ball in his hands. Yeah, another guy that uh, I loved coming out. And, again, it just feels like the Steelers constantly steal all of everyone's favorite <laughs> draft picks uh, at wide receiver, and then they all develop to be fantastic not surprising all right let's 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 flip over to the other side and I only have one question because I, I just looking at this defense I'm so terrified and I, I don't I don't I don't there's not much to talk about the numbers sort of speak for themselves at this point with this defense so I guess my question is is there a weakness in this defense is, is it the linebacker core and is it and, and if so did they just fill that weakness by trading for Avery Will Williamson and maybe improving that a little bit um, there's a little bit there. Uh, I'll say, I'll say it this way. The way how you beat this defense is you have to be consistent on offense. They, they've, <laughs> they've given up some big plays this year, but with Minka Fitzpatrick, very few of those big plays are going over his head. If you're mm-hmm. going to connect and work your way down the field, 
you're going to have to hit underneath. Hey, hit this slant, hit this hook, hit this curl, you know, hit this, hit this, this, this spot combination. Let's, let's get a screen and get four or five yards. Let's run the ball a little bit. Um, like Lamar Jackson last year, last week was able to move the ball a lot because they kept running the option and the Steelers were saying, Hey, we'll give you the run up the middle with JK Dobbins and Gus Edwards, but we're not letting Lamar Jackson crush us. And they forced four turnovers in doing so. But, but this group, um, they, they, they put pressure on you. They, they stuffed the run very well, despite what they gave up to the Ravens last week. Um, they're very physical up front. Cam Hayward, uh, you know, an all-pro defensive tackle. And honestly, this year, Stephon Tuitt is looking even crazier than Cam Hayward this year. Stephon Tuitt, as a defensive tackle, has six sacks on the season. He's tied with Bud Dupree for second most on the team. Of course, first both is six and a half. TJ Watt that front four it, it goes everything goes through these guys and the thing is though that behind them now they have competent players you have Mike Hilton in the slot who they love to he's undersized but they love to throw him all over the field he has three breakups on the season uh he's recovered a fumble um he's got an interception he interpicked off Deshaun Watson in a huge play but they also use him against the run he's three sacks um Terrell Edmonds who a lot of people have besmirched over the years He's been a guy who has stepped up huge at the strong safety role, and he's a huge reason why the Steelers are one of the best teams at covering tight ends in the league right now. He helps against the run, too. He has a sack and five pass breakups um, this season. Um, And they're hoping – the Steelers probably won't get him back this week, but Tyson Alulu has stepped up at nose tackle for them, um, and he's been a huge part of the defense changing the line of scrimmage there's so many people they rely on in this defense that when one goes down they're like okay you have to step up Vince Williams another one you know he, he's he, he has some of the most tackle for loss in the season with 12 uh, and uh, he has three sacks himself and that and I didn't even get to get a chance to bring up Joe Hayden Steven Nelson and oh by the way a first a first team all pro free safety make up Fitzpatrick uh they're, they're just they, they, the way how to beat them is to consistently hit underneath and take what the Steelers will give you because like any defensive scheme especially in today's NFL it favors the offense a defensive scheme has to give up something some sort of weakness and that's what they force you to do is every play you got to figure out okay is the middle of the field open is the flat open are we are they are they backing off and are they are they running a really aggressive pass rush uh you know play where they're going to open up a sneaky run lane that we can that we can bounce through and maybe get some yards that's what the Steelers force you to do and uh you know I, I it's not I'm not trying to sound like the Steelers defense is unstoppable because they're certainly you know not like that but they force you as an offense to come correct every play every play in every series yeah, that's 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 not going to happen with the Cowboys. <laughs> They're not going to be able to do that, I don't think. We'll see. I mean, you know, I mean, stranger things have happened, and it's still 2020, so uh, who knows. But uh, I have a feeling that the Cowboys are struggling to consistently just run the play correctly. So uh, we'll, I, have, I have our time thinking that they're going to be able to get more than one uh, – uh, drive of consistent uh, ball moving football, I, I, especially against such such a talented defense. But you know, by the way, I, I would like to claim T.J. Watt as uh, as our own, please, uh, because uh, we we got we got completely uh, overruled by the Cowboys front office. But every single person in Cowboys Nation was ready to put a star on T.J. Watt. Really? Uh, oh, oh yeah. Let, let me be clear. That. Oh yeah, we were. I mean, every single one of us was just like 
crossing our fingers and when it got to our pick and taco was the pick it was uh it was it was well well, for every pittsburger would like to send jerry jones a a, a happy (laughs) meal or something what's the number per manny sandwich with fries on it so he can uh for to thank him for doing that because tj watt has been phenomenal for this defense and he gets better every year i mean it's it's crazy to think that too it's 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 a sore subject for a lot of Cowboys fans. We've watched with a close eye because we felt like uh, we we should have been, we should have had that guy with the star on his helmet. But it you know, Kesara at this point. Okay, that's that's it for for the for for that segment. We are going to come back after a break and discuss our predictions and what we think the outcome will be for this tight matchup. Tight, <laughs> maybe not so tight matchup between the Steelers and the Cowboys. We'll be right back. We're back here on Crossover Thursday. It's Locked On Steelers meets Locked On Cowboys. I'm Chris Carter. He's Landon McCool. Guys, it's prediction time. (laughs) And Steelers-Cowboys has a storied history in the NFL. Maybe the favorite interconference matchup for the NFL to broadcast. Because you think of all the the Super Bowls. They've met in three different Super Bowls. Um, You think of some of the big regular season matchups over the years. Uh, You know, four years ago when the Cowboys came to Heinz Field and Ezekiel Elliott had that crazy run at the end um, after Ben Roethlisberger had a fake spike that they thought that Steelers Mm -hmm. would win the game. You know, years before that, you had uh, the Steelers in Heinz Field with a pick pick six on Romo where Deshae Townsend returned it back. Uh, Ben Roethlisberger got his first ever career win, well, career win on the road, I believe, uh, as a starter against the Cowboys and he, with a crazy pass to Plaxico Burris. There's just been battle after battle after battle in this historic story uh, rivalry. But this time around, it, it looked like it was supposed to be that with Dak yeah. Prescott, with Ezekiel Elliott, with the, with the weapons they had on offense and with the hope that some of the additions on defense would make up for the, what they lost defensively for, for Dallas. That hasn't come to fruition this year. The Dallas Cowboys are hurting and they can't even get Andy Dalton on the field because he has COVID-19 now. I got to say, Landon, it is t- like the Steeler, Steeler Nation is always ever thoughtful of the threat of a, of a trap game because they've suffered it before. They like, you know, years ago in 2018, they lost to the Raiders when everyone said there's no way you can lose to the Raiders. We, we've said this before, but this seems like a very tall task for the Cowboys to overcome. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, look, Philadelphia is not a good football team right now. Um, and the, the Cowboys really, really struggled uh, to, to do, do anything there uh, against them. And of course, they've got a, a decent defense and, and quite a good off uh, defensive line. And uh, but but even then, they have weaknesses that, that the Steelers absolutely do not. I mean, at least it, it, you know more glaring than than what the Steelers could possibly, even with a couple of injured players, produce. Um, I, I think that for the Cowboys, this is this is going to be one of those games where if they were to win this game, uh, it, it would it would probably go down in history as the most unlikely win. I mean, it's that sort of lopsided at this point. The Cowboys are are depleted uh, at the. At offense, and offense was what was supposed to carry this football team because the defense was was you know noticeably supposed to struggle in a transition year and and, and a and a year where they're still kind of acquiring talent at the at the spots. So, uh, yeah, I anticipate this to be uh, extremely lopsided. And I and if I'm putting a number on it, 
I, I would not be surprised if it was something like, man, I hate to even, uh, it's been this kind of year, but, uh, you know, 35 to seven or 10. I, I mean, last year, the last week, the Cowboys struggled to produce double digit points. Um, and I, I don't know how they would possibly do that against this defense if they couldn't do it last week. Uh, and I hate to pick a, a lops, lopsided score like that, but I mean, I think that Pittsburgh is playing about as well as any team in football right now. And I think that the Cowboys are playing about as poorly as any team in football, to be honest. Uh, so it's, uh, it's not a score that I, <laughs> I like saying out loud, but uh, I think if I'm being honest with myself, uh, this, is, this is a pretty bad lopsided uh, affair that, that we're going to see play out on Sunday. I have to say, uh, I, I agree with you. Um, as as much as I am looking at the the potential of what could go wrong for uh, for, for the Steelers in this game, one of these fourth string quarterbacks would have to come in and develop a quick chemistry with a team with with their offense. Um, and I just I don't know if they do that against the Steelers. They'd have to run the ball. I'm pretty sure the Steelers are going to come out trying to stop Ezekiel Elliott. What might be smart is if hey you come out early and if it's Cooper Rush or if it's uh, Garrett Gilbert, whoever it is, come out play action, try a big play. Yeah. And if you catch the Steelers napping there, maybe you set a tone that inspires your team and gets things going. But uh, honestly, if I'm the Steelers, you know I tell my guys don't give up the big play. You know, whatever is, keep the play in front of you. And if they if they find a chemistry early on, we'll adjust to it because the Steelers have done that a lot this year. They've made really good halftime adjustments at times. Um, they did so very much so last week against the Ravens. Um, and, and just let your team do what it does. And Ben Roethlisberger, this is a game where he he has to stay consistent, not become the typical road Ben Roethlisberger we saw years ago uh, when he used to struggle on the road, even against those bad teams. Uh, you need to see that efficiency from him spreading the ball around and, and you got to hope that James Conner on the offensive line get going. Um, Conner has been really good this year when he can get to that second level. If he does that to the Cowboys, I think that this, this is the Steelers game going away. Um, I'm thinking a similar range there, maybe a couple more field goals either way. Uh, I, I'll say 35 to, to, to nine or something like that just or 38 to nine, just because I, I think that the, the Cowboys might spring a couple big plays or something weird might happen where a, a Steeler might, the Steelers might fumble and they get good field position. Maybe they take advantage of that a little bit, but all in all, I just, I see way too much adding up for the Steelers to lose this many. You know, the, the Steelers don't have a glaring weakness like they have in the past when they were, when they had AB and, 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 and Bell, they had a, a they had a defense that was struggling to figure out an identity, um, you know. But this is in last year they had a great defense but a horrible offense with with no quarterback. Now they're one of the best on both sides of the ball. They're top ten in offense, top ten in defense. They run the ball well. They throw the ball well. They defend the run well. They intercept the ball. I think they have ten interceptions, the third most in the NFL right now, and they they lead the NFL in sacks. It's just it's a lot to overcome. I, I'm right with you. I'd see this being a blowout for the Steelers. Yeah, bottom line it, uh, Cowboys have very few strengths and Steelers have very few weaknesses. It, it's going to be a tough game. <laughs> it is, but hey, Landon, this has been a lot of fun, man. Uh, glad to talk with you and glad to meet you on the show. Uh, please tell Marcus Locked On Steeler Nation says hello. I will. Uh, and uh, as always, I always ask our crossover guys uh, to, to, to leave, leave us your plugs so that Steelers fans can follow you and see where else they can hear you. 
Yeah, please check us out at McCool. Uh, I'm at McCoolBCB, and we're at Locked On Cowboys. Uh, if you, for all your Cowboys news needs, Steelers fans, I don't know how much you have, uh, but please definitely check me out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. And as always, you can always follow me on Twitter at Carter Critiques. If you follow me, I'll follow you back. Um, and uh, I am the Locked On Steelers host. And hey, Locked On Cowboys fans, Locked On Steelers fans, let's help each other out. Yeah. I always, I always tell, tell our guys, hey, rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts, leave a positive comment, and what we do, we always you give you a shout-out. You give us a positive comment with the five-star review, we'll, we'll name you, we'll shout-out shout out your comment. Hey, Cowboys fans, can you do that for us? And hey, Steelers fans, go help out Landon and Marcus over there. Go to Dallas Cowboys on, 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 uh, Apple, Apple, on the, uh, the Apple Podcasts app and leave them a five-star review with a positive comment. Doing show really helps out each show. Move up and, get, and let everyone know what we're doing here. Landon's a great guy. Marcus is a great guy. We can uh, we can all be friends and help each other out. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody, five stars, rate and review. It's always going to help everybody. It's certainly going to help spread the word in the podcast, and that's 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 good news for everybody. It certainly is. Landed great stuff here. We'll we'll both be back in your ears for our respective podcasts, getting you ready for the matchup tomorrow. Until then, everybody, have a happy Thursday.